0: You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, sin's place for all things sex, health, relationships, and identity.
1: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Naughty Rude Show. We are back for a sweet time. We've got some new hosts in, so you're going to be hearing from myself, Peter. I am 21 years old. I am straight... And currently single, floating around, mingling like a little flamingo. That's what I do. And it's really great to be back with you guys. Also, we've got Angie.
2: Hi, guys. I'm Angie. Um, I am 19. I identify as a female lesbian who is single but actively dating. And it's
1: going to be a fun time tonight. We've got a couple of different segments for you. One of my favourites that we're going to chat about is closure, I guess, how to get it, how to feel comfortable with it and really go about it in a comfortable way. Angie, what are you looking forward to chatting about tonight? Well, I'm
2: looking forward to chatting about a bit of ethical porn, casual dating and lots more good stuff. Heaps
1: of good stuff. If you guys want to get involved at all, you can definitely get in touch by tweeting with us at Naughty Rude. You can DM us on Facebook and even checking in on our Tumblr. Our Facebook is just The Naughty Rude Show. If you do want to submit any questions, you don't have to have a Tumblr account. You can submit questions anonymously by going to the com forward slash asks where you can ask anything about your dating experiences, what's going on in your identity crisis, and we'll be here to help. It's going to be a good time. Coming up after a quick song, we are going to talk about closure. And like I said, it is something that not many people know how to navigate. I've kind of just had a run in with it that could have gone a bit smoother. And I just want to debrief and give people some hope that it's a conversation that needs to be had and it can be done quite well, I think, and it's useful. But we're going to go to a track now. This is For All My Life, and it's by an artist named Jonathan Something. You guys are listening to The Naughty Root Show on Sin Nation. And that was a track by Jonathan Something and it's called For All My Life and it's off of his debut album that just actually got released at the end of last year. If you want to check that out, it's called Outlandish Poetica and he's doing some fun things in New York. Good on you, Jono. Thanks for the tune. You are listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. You're with Angie and myself, Peter. And now it's going to be the first topic of the night It's kind of important, I think, For me, because it's something I've experienced recently and I want to chat the topic of closure. So I broke up with someone a few months ago and we had our reasons for the breakup, which I thought were the reasons for the breakup, and then later found out in a conversation that there were other things at play for the reason why we broke up, which I felt would have been quite nice to know, so that I wasn't really hung up on anything for those months after the breakup itself. Um, so, I really just want to get your input, Ange, on like what you think is the best way to either receive or give closure. Um, as someone who's like, I guess, had to give people that chat, it's pretty hard, obviously. But as now someone who really needed to get it, I think still it's it's an important thing to ask for. And I know it can sometimes be like that annoying, pushy person who's like, I need closure. So how would you go about it if you genuinely need closure?
2: Um, I guess if you were looking for closure, um, you kind of got to approach people like your partner, your ex-partner in like a kind of delicate way because it is a very like, it's a rocky time and it's hard to just like put more, more burdens on people. Um, especially if they don't know how they're feeling. So you kind of got to approach the situation delicately and explain why having closure and having a proper, like, reasons for the breakup um, will benefit you and your future relationships, I guess. Yeah, definitely.
1: And I think that, that in my experience probably wasn't as articulated i don't i guess maybe i didn't say this is something that i need because more more so just kind of said we've lost contact which is really crazy because usually in times of need you know we talk to each other been feeling a bit down wouldn't mind having a chat like why is it exactly that we're just not talking um and then kind of ended it with the whole like You know, if you don't want anything to do with me, that's fine. Like, just let me know. Um, You know, you say that, but you don't expect them to be like, yeah, actually, like, I just don't see you in my future at all. Um, So when those kinds of conversations happen, it can be a bit stiff, but there's definitely benefits in having a tough conversation like that. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced those kinds of conversations, but I came out of it knowing him a bit better um, and being able to throw the whole He's just an a-hole and that's all good now because I feel like I know that I can hate him a bit instead of running after it.
2: Absolutely. I feel like I've only had one relationship where I didn't really get closure from the person themselves, but rather like... Over the next few months, I kind of just collated some gossip about myself that, you know, went around the, the gum trees. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, I thought this person just had too much going on in their life, but they actually hate me, you And they're know? just really
1: mean. It's like, and they, they, they actually
2: don't like me. Oh, wow, okay. You know, that would have been good to know a few months earlier. Yeah, definitely. Um, so
1: I just think it's the honesty thing needs to play a huge role in the breakup itself. Yeah. But if you feel like you're not really getting full honesty, then it probably is worth... Just checking up on it to collecting all those fragments because that's going to have an impact on the rest of your dating experiences. I would say,
2: absolutely, it's kind of it's quite beneficial. Like if you were in a relationship and they broke up with you because they felt they were being treated unfairly, it's actually good to know that um, for your like for your future relationships. But I guess it can be hard to um to tell somebody that like what they might have done to you or how they feel about you and stuff Mm. if it's not something positive yeah and also people can just decide for themselves when they want to stop you know um giving to you and like Mm -hmm. taking you as something somewhat of their like responsibility to communicate That's so
1: true. And obviously, like, that particular person wouldn't have owed me that explanation unless I'd asked for it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is important. You know, it's good to know when you need any kind of closure or kind of filling in those pieces of the puzzle that you didn't quite feel you had. Sometimes people will break up for you for one reason that's said in the breakup, but, you know, there's an undercurrent of other things. And if it means that you need to check yourself when you're in relationships, you know, obviously you want to know those things. So, yeah, I'd say that's pretty important. What would be, like, your kind of steps on articulating that conversation um, with someone that you haven't been speaking to for a while, which was the case with us? So
2: if you were the one that had to give someone else closure or... Oh, either either.
1: But, you know, maybe Um, if you're the person who needs it and if you haven't been talking to this person... How do you just jump in? Because I feel like I didn't really do it the best way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess sometimes, like, if you're wanting to get someone to talk to you in person about it, like, I know this is a little bit bad, but you could just say, why don't we just have a chat, you know, not like pushing ba- pushing too much on someone before you actually get to that conversation, because mm. then they will actually avoid that conversation. Um, if you sort of just approach it lightly and just say that you want to chat and that you want to just, you know, clear the air and stuff. Um, And then when you do see them or talk to them over the phone, um, just, yeah, like, make sure you can talk to them, like, either over the phone or in person so they understand your tone and understand, like, that you're not going to get too angry, that you're not um, trying to squeeze too much out Mm. of them because breakups are such rough situations. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess you just got to sort of like make someone realise that it is going to be beneficial and that you're not doing it out of aggression Um, and, yeah. Yeah,
1: most definitely I think it needs to be understood that it will be beneficial for all parties involved, which I think in my case it definitely was for me and I'm, I'm sure that he got something off his chest that maybe he'd been feeling for a while and there we go, like it's out in the air and we're good and can move on and it's all sweet and after this segment, I'll probably never talk about him again. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a good plan. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. So we're going to go to another track, and when we come back, we're going to be chatting a little bit about ethical porn shoots. What are they, and how can we maybe fall in love with our bodies through this type of deal? We're going to go to an old goody track. This is Murder on the Dance Floor by Sophie ellis Bexter. It's a good time, and I think it's very appropriate. You're listening to The Naughty Roots Show on Sin Nation.
2: You were just listening to Murder on the Dance Floor by Sophie Alex Bexter and Crimey River by Methyl Ethel. Um, you're on. Th- The Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation with Angie and Peter and next up we'll be talking about ethical porn shoots.
1: It's going to be real fun. I'm very excited to get into this topic. But before we do, we have had a great submission on the Tumblr. Someone's just uh, chucked us a nice message saying thanks guys for the episode. Went through a huge breakup recently and it's refreshing to hear this live discussion on air Love the show, exclamation mark, kiss, kiss. What a doll. What a doll. Uh, we really hope that the breakup hasn't been too intense and that, you know, if you really need to find closure, you can even ask us some questions about going through that process if, it, if it's easier for you. If anyone's just tuned in and you did miss out on our little closure segment, you can definitely catch up on OmniFM where we post our podcast after every ep. And that's just some more goodness to be coming through the Tumblr. I'll leave it at that. So let's talk about ethical porn shoots. And do you have any experience like understanding what ethical porn shoots are before I go um, expl- explaining stuff?
2: An ethical porn shoot? Well, I guess like any kind of work, it's where the people that are working get treated really well um, and yeah, have rights and are made sure they're, they're feeling well in the wor- work that they're doing. Um, but I guess in the pornography kind of um industry there's it's a lot different to like you know your usual cafe Mm -hmm. and there can be uh, the way that women are treated and the way that women are um could be perhaps objectified or um just put in a way that isn't um doesn't represent nice treatment of women can be an issue in mainstream porn. And it can be the same with males as well and any other gender. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. what's your take on it, Peter?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. It is just that. Um, But what's kind of come into my life is understanding how user-generated content works in that kind of workplace. So without being, I guess, an employee of an ethical... Porn site or workplace, you can really start submitting your own user-generated content. Um, and there are a couple of places all over the world that do this. But I've just um, discovered that a friend of mine has actually submitted some of her own photos um, to a Melbourne-based uh, ethical porn site and company. So what she actually did is she took on a camera that they gave her, and they pretty much told her that they wanted a certain number of photos. Of her naked, doing whatever she wanted. I guess she had to pitch the idea of what she was going for. She wanted to do like a creative kind of garden, outdoor um, nudie pic. So she did that and she said that it was the most stressful experience but also the most empowering at the same time. What I find is that it's just a really interesting dichotomy and juxtaposition from her going, oh, my gosh, I hate my body. Like, I want to look better. I want to please whoever I'm submitting these to and I want to get paid for it. And also having the experiences of, damn, I look so, so good and I want to do this again and yay, like, I love how I look and I really love my body now. So it's really interesting seeing her come out of that in two months. So she was quite stressful after submitting them and... She thought that they'd even turn them back and just say, like, no, we hate these. Like, give us better ones. But they loved it. And, um, you know, she got a nice fat check. And then they said, do you want to do another shoot? And usually they only let models do them once. So that was a pretty great experience for her. Um, she's even thinking about doing some of the other projects, which, um, a few involve actually recording your orgasm, just your face and nothing else. And she'd be quite keen on that, which is super, super interesting. Yeah. But what's your take on those kinds of user generated content where you're not necessarily involved in the porn industry until you feel like it?
2: Yeah, I, I, definitely, um, I definitely admire it, um, especially because the people that are creating the content get to have that content and they decide whether they give it to somebody and give it to a business and generate profit out of it. Um, whereas if you're working on a shoot with a porn in business um, and there's somebody else taking videos and somebody else taking photos, you're never really guaranteed that that if you say I don't want you to keep that content that it's going to go away um so that's really great that the people that are making the content have have rights to it and get to decide what they want to share and what they don't want to share um and yeah get to try different ideas and stuff and not feel pressure of being in a shooting environment that's very fast-paced which can be yeah um, I can just
1: imagine like really how overwhelming those kinds of scenarios would be and I guess like in this case they want you as a submitter to feel comfortable in your own home or wherever you decide to do a shoot. But even then, you may not feel comfortable because you know that someone's going to eventually critique whether or not they're good enough for the website. And that's where I kind of have a bit of an issue. Like, what if they turned back the photos and said, no, actually, we don't love that? You know, Mm. wouldn't it be more inclined for them to just accept all kinds of bodies and, and all types of shoots?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess like it's it is at the end of the day, it is kind of like a business, and they are trying to make money, and they do kind of know what their customers want. So it's like it is. It's but it is really awesome that um, the way that ethical porn is is sort of changing that um, and being more more flexible and open. And then in, I guess in time, like the people that are paying for these things will also become more flexible and open and. Yeah, just moving away from, like, the mainstream ideas of porn, which can be very aggressive and um, usually involve more than one person. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really kind of quite nice. Yeah,
1: if anyone listening is interested in any of that kind of user-generated at-home uh, porn, you can check it out. FEC is a company in Melbourne. There's also Make Love Not Porn over in the States in New York, and they actually get uh, video submissions of couples Having sex, and so you know, it's one of those hashtag natural porn, natural sex experiences. What I do wonder is what's going to happen to people who are in the industry as actors when everything becomes user generated.
2: Mm, I guess it is It is one of those sort of futuristic things that we'll never really know until it happens. But, yeah, it's it's changing. Like, people can create pornography in their own home, in their own bathroom, mm. and there's multiple kind of um, platforms for them to sell that themselves, uh, which is... And even, like, live camming and things. So, yeah, who knows? I guess, yeah, maybe the, the, the way that people buy porn will change and... Yeah, that could affect a lot of actors.
1: Yeah, you kind of have to think about that. But I guess there are so many avenues and you'd like to think that everyone's adapting, even if they're already in the industry or otherwise. Mm. But it's really interesting to see people who have never really considered themselves to be, I guess, um, any kind of derogatory or um, showy person in the sex department, like my friend, do something like this. So it's really cool that there are those options for people who just want to feel comfortable in their bodies. And yeah. likewise, you can do things like life drawing, modelling, and and anything that kind of makes you feel more comfortable in your body. But it is, like, such a risk because at the end of the day, it's not just you judging your own body. It's yep. always there are going to be other eyes. So it's yeah. something to consider.
2: Yeah, I think something else that's sort of related to it is the viewers that are watching... Um, that are watching porn because porn can actually be kind of a place where you people choose to learn about sex and it might not be ideal all the time um but it is sort of a way for people to see sexual acts whether that be between two people three people or just um a person on their own um or new things that they're interested in trying they might they might turn to the internet to kind of do some research and find out um how how people go about things so having different kinds of different sorts of porn which have got different kinds of people doing different kinds of things um and especially having people that we can relate to is kind of really important
1: yeah i guess in everything else that we share as a human race it's just the thing that we don't really see each other doing all the time you know you can hear someone's accent when they're talking and you can see someone's writing when they're actually making words or things like that but in in the private lives of sex you just don't see it so I wonder if that's soon to be something that we all see and just all kind of accept yeah maybe maybe yeah could be interesting watch this space uh you know if you want to like Hook up some cameras in the boudoir <laughs> and get it going. You know where to go.
2: <laughs> what are we going to talk about next? What are we going to talk about next? I think up tonight we're going to also not too far from um, the porny researching what you like. We are going to talk about sexual resolutions. So finding out how to create new goals for your sex life, and cool. um, perhaps that's a part of every. That could be a part of some people's um, new year.
1: Yeah, I like it. And we're still early days. Um, We're also going to keep checking our Tumblr. So if you guys do hear anything that piques an interest, then please do get on that anonymously or otherwise. If you want to slip into our DMs on Facebook. But the Tumblr is just naughtyrudeshowtumblrcom forward slash ask. We're gonna go hit it to a couple of tracks now. And When we're back, we're gonna chat hookup culture. So we're gonna talk about you know the casual sex and the one night stands and how to really wrap your head around it all because it's a crazy space.
2: This, this is indeed.
1: It is. You're listening to the Naughty Root Show on Sin Nation. This is Polo Shirts pinned upon, and you're listening with Angie and Peter. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show, and that just there was Sneans by The Mummers. And at the top, we had Pinned Upon by Polo Shirt. You're with Angie and Peter.
2: So tonight, we're going to be talking about casual dating, hookups, one-night stands. So practically, hookup culture, how do you go about it in the right way? How do you go about it ethically? Um, Yeah, just the do's and don'ts. And if you wanted to ask some questions on our Tumblr, we will be happy to answer them. So, what's your take on uh, casual dating, Peter?
1: Oh, I'm a fiend. You're a fiend. I am like currently on the fiending. You yeah, know. you don't
2: stop. It Doesn't stop. Doesn't does it?
1: stop. Like I've, I'm doing my Tinder chats. I'm doing my text messaging. I'm looking up a date after this, as we speak.
2: Yeah, as you speak. What <laughs> so do you What do you think about using Tinder while you're on public transport?
1: I say no shame, like go no for shame.
2: life. Yeah, cool, cool. I,
1: I want to know where you stand with that.
2: Um, You know, like, I look, I'm a bit shy, turn my brightness down, yeah. but like, you got to do what you got to do. Like, sometimes it just takes a little long, you know, stopping all stations. It's like, shit, can I get out the Tinder?
1: It's actually... It's gotta happen. It's gotta
2: happen. And you just you
1: see the best people that way because you're traveling through all the suburbs. Yeah, you
2: pick them all up. You're touring. With
1: that geo yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, hookup culture on tour.
2: Yeah, so absolutely. Getting a little taste of all the suburbs. Cool. Um, so also on hookups and one night stands, do you yeah. have any any thoughts on one night stands? Look,
1: one night stands are great if you're safe and ethical um, and respectful of one another. Obviously. You know, sometimes people have a bit of a bad time. Maybe two bodies don't really connect the way you think they are. You know, that just... You can't expect that and you can't predict it. But it's important to experience, I think, even yeah. the, the shitty times.
2: Absolutely. I think But sometimes when you have a one-night stand and it's quite awesome and you don't see why you wouldn't be able to do it again... Um, Have you had any experiences like that yourself? Yeah, I kind of have
1: a lot of experiences where if I go through my backlog of sexual partners, um, not many people kind of end. Like, not to say that I then start going into relationships. Like, that just never happened for me. Like, I literally, longest I probably date people is, like, four or five months. Um, But... I'm a bit of a, if I like it, then I'll go back in. You know, I'll dip my toes in again and again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Double dip, as I say. Yeah, a bit of double dipping, Mm, yeah. mm. I guess um, some people, you know, when they're cruising around, when they're going to parties or they're on the dating apps, they're kind of just looking for one-night stands, you know. They're like little tasters, not too much, whether that might be because of stress or fear of attachment or just, you know, they have one night and that's enough for them and they want to keep cruising along. Um, it's it can be hard to communicate to that to that mm. someone. So yeah, I guess the one night the one oh ones of one night stands um, is being honest from the start and knowing if you if you if you think maybe you're just looking for one night, which is totally fine, mm. to just communicate that to somebody um, before you start getting into the the stuff uh, the, the sexy stuff. And then if um, you are to
1: even like go back. If you don't really want it to turn into something, but you just want it to be simply sex because it was fun the first time, yeah, communicating that as well, super important. Yeah, you know, you don't want to be breaking hearts in the casual hookup game. It happens too often, and really everyone needs to like have their version of a contract, I think, in these certain times.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I guess sometimes one-night stands work for people because they can be really busy and they find that it's just easier to do the one night if they can only, if they can't kind of lock in a date for the mm. next time you're going to see each other or it could be, you know, quite quite a long time before they see them next and sometimes it's just you just don't have time for, you yeah. know, even if they are solely sexual relationships and not emotional, it still does take time. And sometimes. Sometimes. Some people you may just not don't even have, have that. sex every week. Yeah, you
1: know? life as a young person is busy. Yeah, absolutely. We don't always have it on tap. and even if we feel like it, sometimes we just can't be bothered.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: You know, but I think that's one thing that you have to really do um, is to validate one another's performance if it's gone really well. Yeah, like, absolutely. Even if you don't plan on seeing them again, to at least say that was jolly good fun. Yeah, what a great time. Yeah. That was actually awesome. Thank you so much. I really like how you did this, this, and this. You should definitely do that to the next person who's sit- sitting in your bed. Like, that was great. Yeah. Just, you got to, because we're the ones teaching pretty much. We're on the floor teaching everyone who's eventually going to get into relationships and pass on that knowledge, correct? Mm. Yeah, That's right.
2: absolutely. Love it. Um, have you ever had experiences where you're not on the dating apps, but you kind of, in um you know maybe at a party or your club and you're actually thinking yeah you know what i want to kind of take someone home tonight um, I know in the LGB kind of community it might be called cruising, and cruising is when mm. you you go down to the club. You know you go, all right, yeah, this is a cool party, but you know I'm looking a lot more forward to taking someone home and having our own little party. Mm-hmm. So that's a little term in the in the queer community. Cruising. Do you have any? I like that any, term. L- any straight little alternatives you got over there? No. <laughs> straight <laughs> no. land is boring. With the oh swing. come on, pick no, it up.
1: <laughs> literally too straight, but I'm going to pick it up on cruising. I'm going to take that. And I'm going to cruise with it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also important to not just go out with the intention of, I'm going to pick up someone tonight. Because you're going to miss out on the actual party. Yeah. And, you know, a thing could happen where you actually just bump into someone that you didn't expect to see. Like, said Tinder boy that I'm hooking up a date with, bumped into him at a house party last night.
2: But you didn't Huge. take him home, did you?
1: Huh? You didn't take him home, no, did I you?
2: No, I take him home someone else. Oh,
1: <laughs> God.
2: Busy schedule, hey?
1: Yeah, I know. I, I've just got to, like, fit in with the days. So, obviously, yeah. Saturday night just wasn't the night for the new Tinder boy. Sorry about yeah. it. Yeah,
2: just tell him, wait three to five business days and we'll see Which, I, we'll see if we can squeeze you in.
1: That's right, that's right. Um, But I should definitely get a PA as well just yeah. to sort it out. Just to make sure that no one's got hurt feelings. You know, checking back in, yeah. getting a call that gets answered.
2: Absolutely, oh, it's very
1: important. You know? Yeah, it's
2: really important. Got to keep up to date with everybody. Got to be respectful. Um, yeah, but hookups and casual dating, it is, it is totally fine. You know, you even if you're not ready for an emotional commitment with, with someone, you still are deserving of having sexual experiences and having sexual pleasure um, that aren't just with yourself. As fun as that can be, but it does get a bit, does get it's a, a bit, bit stale old. It's It gets a bit stale, you know, and like. You know, sometimes the batteries get lost for the vibrators and you got to call someone up.
1: <laughs> and it's, you know, we yeah. don't like to be in that position all the no, time. No, it's not good. You it's know, really it's like, inconvenient. oh man, the 15th time this week. Can't believe it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it was a good time trying to cook-up culture. And next up, we're going to be talking a little bit about spiking. And yeah, it still happens. And it's getting a little bit intense. Um, I had a recent experience. So I want to chat that and I guess how to really navigate in those times. Uh, but before we get deeply into that topic, we're going to go to a cheeky track. And this here is WTP, which stands for Work That Pussy, by Tiana Taylor. You're listening to The Naughty Root Show. This is a cheeky little explicit content warning on this one because it's, uh, it's a bit flowery, but enjoy it. Listening to The Naughty Root Show on Sin Nation.
2: We're just listening to WTP. TP by Taneya Taylor and Kiss by Prince. You're back with Peter and Angie and now we'll be talking about being spiked with GS- GHB, otherwise known as Juice, and staying safe in clubs.
1: Yeah, so this is a pretty interesting tale. Um, did not ever think that I would experience a spiking situation um, firsthand, let alone it being me. So I was in Byron recently, and we were over at one of my friend's houses that they were, like, staying at, and they had a next-door neighbour who was just hanging out with us and, um, you know, just kind of sitting there playing music. And I don't know, like, he kind of seemed like a little bit of a weirdo. I'm not judgy, though. Like, I didn't want to say anything overtly, like, I don't know if I want to hang out with him, but he was just doing weird things. Like, for instance, playing music off of YouTube. Didn't have any kind of streaming app, um, red flag. (laughs) And secondly, he didn't know anyone. Like, we were talking about some musicians from Australia and, like, even from Sydney, which is where this guy was from, and he just had no clue who they were. And I think he was playing just, like, dodgy crap Robbie Williams music, which is, like, why? Red flag. Red flag. Red flag, right? I should have seen the signs. And then... I'd finished a drink. I'd only had one drink that night and it just like didn't taste great. So I was like, uh, I think I'm going to move on to something else. And then before I could even pick up anything else, he offered me a drink and his phrasing was, would you like a vodka and juice? And any normal person <laughs> would assume that that would just be a normal mixed drink. But uh, I think he implied it to be juice which is GHB, um, kind of like the roofie drug. So I had taken this drink and had a few sips and realised almost immediately that I just felt drunk, like extremely kind of like all over the place, not in the sense of like walking all over the place, but I just I felt like everything kind of slowed down and that I was just really, really tipsy. which you know, it was... A state that I wasn't necessarily freaking out in, but it was quite the jump from just having one glass of wine to now being really, really intoxicated. So I kind of sat down for a moment and really didn't want to be that guy who said, I'm going to call out someone for spiking my drink. So I didn't. And I sat down and a couple of friends came over and noticed I was being quite peculiar. And I just said, you know, I kind of suspect that something's in my drink. I just feel really different in the last couple of minutes. And not that I have like a really low tolerance with alcohol. I usually after one drink wouldn't feel anything. So it was really, really weird. And for the rest of the night, I just I was in this like state of being buzzed without needing to buy myself more drinks which if I had looking at in hindsight would have been really dangerous because mixing GHB with alcohol is a really bad cocktail. Um, So considering that he literally made that cocktail for me um, is quite terrifying. So it's a really interesting dynamic here because I feel like this guy wasn't necessarily doing anything to take advantage of me but he was just insanely ignorant to think that I was keen for what he was, I guess, you know, intending. Like, why would you not just specifically say, do you want me to put this in your drink? I just don't understand why. You had to use the whole phrasing of juice. Like, I'm just, I I don't know. And then it makes me feel like maybe he did want want to just, like, get me to stick around and, like, pass out before we ended up going out. So it was a really interesting uh, situation and what I really want to talk about is kind of knowing those red flags, like first of all Robbie Williams, um, <laughs> but knowing that the effect on your body for someone who's never taken that drug before, um, it was really, really weird but it kind of just felt like really fast-paced level of drunkenness. So would just say... To anyone out there who doesn't ever really think that this is an issue in this day and age, it very much is.
2: Absolutely. And it's very common nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and it can happen so quickly, especially if you're in an environment where you're dancing, you might have a glass of something in your hand and, you know, any moment someone could put something in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess if you do know that so- if you are starting to feel – a little bit different than you usually would for whatever you've been taking that night then do seek help um if you're at a bar then let the bar staff know if you can locate your friends tell them or even anybody else around you that you feel comfortable approaching because um, it does happen and you should never it's it's better to speak up and then be wrong and then realize oh no I actually I'm actually just a little bit drunk or something, than to to leave it too late until it's you really might have passed It's really interesting that you out. say that
1: because I once sat down and was looking at my phone, um, called a friend to meet up with later, and then a couple girls came over to me and were just like you know what's going on, and I kind of explained to them I don't want to be that guy who like calls someone out, but I think this has happened. Um, and they would be like, okay, cool, 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 like, you know, we'll keep an eye on you, just drink water, let us know if anything changes, etc. Whereas another friend, like, heard that this is going on and just immediately shut it down and was like, no, like, you're just drunk, like, you don't know your limits. And I'm just like, whoa, out mm, of line. I just absolutely. didn't know how to really experience that. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't mm. want to be that pushy person who's like, no, 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 like, I just don't trust that person, You know, because you don't want to be that person who's paranoid.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you'd want to give someone the benefit of the doubt, Mm. but you do need to be honest with yourself when you are feeling unsafe. Um, it's always better to, to call someone out and then if it wasn't them or the situation wasn't true then you can always apologise and I'm sure that re- any good person would respect you and understand that you're making the right decision for yourself
1: Yeah, no thanks like that's good to hear um, we've kind of kept analysing it over the next couple of days and eventually those friends like came on site and understood where I was coming from um, but I never really got the chance to talk to the guy who splashed my drink so you know shouts out if you're listening I don't like you, you're a silly silly human being, don't do that but for anyone else who you know just wants to be a bit more wary, the juice game I guess is it's happening, it's, it's pretty much a drug of choice currently amongst a lot of young people unfortunately.
2: It is a very dangerous one as well.
1: It is indeed so it would be worth just being certain and being sure of your surroundings whenever you feel like you might get in a certain situation um, that could be quite dangerous and if this has kind of sparked anything that's happened in your life recently um, and you just want someone to talk to then you can definitely reach out to a few helplines there's a national sexual assault and family and domestic violence counselling 24-hour line which is 1-800-RESPECT and this kind of falls into any kind of category um, of, of assault I guess and if you just want to contact a helpline there's 1800 1800- if 1800 for Lifeline, as well as 13, 11, 14. These things are scary, um, just worth being aware of what goes on. And talk to your friends um, who know a bit more about what that drug is as well. That's what I did. I kind of came home and saw a friend of mine was posting a lot of stuff um, surrounding recent, I guess, like, doof festivals and how, I guess, the the people in those festivals have gone downhill in a way and there's a lot of uh, issues surrounding the state of mind that a lot of those people are festival goers are and punters and she was like really angry um, by this particular drug and so I kind of wanted to get some information from her, inform myself of it, talked through to her like what I had experienced and she just kind of confirmed it for me and it felt really good to have that confirmation. So if that ever happens to anyone, just definitely go talk to some friends, support network or any kind of helplines. If you guys do want to submit anything um, other than what we've talked about or in link with what we've talked about, then do hit us up on the Tumblr. That is just the rucho.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Later in the show, we're going to keep talking some some fun things. I guess that was probably the most severe topic of the night. But we're going to chat some awesome Tinder bios coming up next. Just a little bit about what would look good on your Tinder profile. And we're both avid Tinder users, so got a lot to say about that (laughs) one. You guys are listening to The Naughty Brood Show, and it's on Sin Nation. This is a track by Grace called Kissing Boys. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. That just there was Kissing Boys by Grace. You are with Angie and Peter.
2: And now we'll be talking about the craft of Tinder bios. So setting up your dating profile to attract what you want, you know, your whole, what are your resolutions, getting, getting those babes in, getting those dates in, um... And just, yeah, avoiding the bullshit, I guess. So we're we joined by um, someone very special who has Guys. chosen yeah. us to be <laughs> their mentor in Tinder bio. So we've got Keisha, and she has volunteered to let us review her Tinder.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm not on the tins, but um, I was for a while. I'm strictly Bumble. Mm. Oh, Bumble. Excuse <laughs> me. No, Sorry. No, no, Totally different.
1: Important detail.
0: Um. And, you know, I thought I was good at it, but it's always good to get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. and right. Constructive criticism. Exactly. You know, I, I, won't, I won't feel bad um, if, it get, if it gets me more dates, so totally fine. <laughs>
1: I can guarantee you it will. Okay. Yeah, <laughs>
2: absolutely. So we're having a little look at Keisha's bumble. Um, it's looking pretty good. Oh, She's God. got... She's got multiple pictures, which is always good. And what's great is she's got pictures of her doing things. So she's got herself on radio, hey. at oh, festivals. I really that. <laughs> um that? She's also got a picture of her with some friends, which is great for people because if they see, you know, if you've got a mutual friend and you'd rather not be, um, to, you know, having a romantic relationship with somebody you've got mutual friends with or something, that's always great to note. Topic starter. Um, good topic starter, yeah. And it's also... It's also great to have things, have yourself pictures of yourself doing things and then they could be things that your potential new um, pickup will want to do with you. Yeah, I like the whole everyday
1: life photos um, rather than this is me in a very specific global location that I'm not in all the time. This is me hiking, but I don't do that all the time, but this is me hiking. You know, I like the real everyday mundanities, you know? Yeah, well, absolutely. having a
2: coffee. Speaking of every day, Keisha's taken the nice little leap of putting her bio as the grocery store is my happy place. People need to know that. I really like grocery shopping.
1: Okay, (laughs) That's, that's an interesting thing because not many people do. What? I'd say that most people I know hate shopping for groceries.
2: Like, it's a little bit stressful, but there is quite is a few stressed. things there. It's well, quite exciting. I did go on
0: a date once, and he told me that he got um, his groceries delivered because he hates grocery shopping. Yeah, and huge. I was like, that's why I need that bio there, so that people know that that's
2: unacceptable. You need to you know shop. that. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be a deal-breaker for me too, not yeah. going to lie.
0: I'm yeah. going
1: to say, first impressions of this Tinder bio... Um, I'm impressed. I think it's witty. Well,
0: you can't have anything too serious. That's the problem. Imagine if I was like, I love to live, love, and laugh.
1: Literally. If
0: you... Like, some people put really negative things. They're like, if you're not going to meet up, don't even swipe right. Oh, if you're team
1: dog and not team cat, like, get out of here.
2: Yeah. Scorpios, go away. Oh, do you know what I actually (laughs)
1: hate? It's the whole the baby in the third picture isn't mine. Uh. Ha ha. Like, <laughs> no way. But sometimes,
0: it, like, at first, when I think I first got Tinder, I was like, of course it's not yours. And then as you kind of go up that age range, you're like, it could, it could be be That's theirs. Enough, like, yeah. I need to know. Just
1: don't have a photo with a baby in it. How yeah. about that? If it's Absolutely. not yours. How are you going to
0: show your daddy material otherwise? Come mm. on.
1: <laughs> Good point. But no, first impressions. I like I like it. Bit of Thanks wish. And you guys. know what? It is a fun fact after all, isn't it? But it's it's with a bit of a... I guess more of a be- like better way of saying fun fact. It's not like fun fact colon here we go. Yeah, it's absolutely. It
2: it's good that she's got a nice like neutral positive vibe. As you said before, it's, it's not like it's not good to have uh, a. <laughs> Have negative things and having don'ts on your dating app bio is never good. Like, mm. if you want to say, "Oh, I don't like people like this," or "No Gemini's," or "No cat lovers," or whatever, um, you don't need to say that. And you can usually, if you, if you're if you who you're swiping has a, a well crafted Tinder bio, then you won't need to say don't. You'll just not swipe them. So that's it's wild. that's always good to do. Um, yeah, so in Keisha's little little Bumble profile, she's got lots of dates. she got her height. She's got I'm how much... tall mu- gal. Tall no, gal. I guess it's important When you're Facha.
0: 5'10", fi- guys that are 5'10 and below need to know that. Mm, mm. That's what I reckon. I'm yeah. just putting it
2: for their information. Yeah, just in case they need to like reach something or something. They could just invite <laughs> <laughs> okay. you over. Need that tall girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's got her star sign and her education level, so she can definitely wow a few people there. Mm -hmm. You
0: guys are studying, that's
2: what it says. (laughs) Studying? Yeah, she's just loved it at studying. Not too many details, but (laughs) just a... Just a little note, she is academic. Get discount? Opening um, up the floor for <laughs> Chats
1: About Uni. That's yeah,
2: absolutely. She's got that she's a not-smoker and a social drinker, so, you know, keeping it healthy, you know, as well as her, ex- her exercise level, which is active. So she's just <laughs> I forgot Bumble's She's, alive. This. she's getting it out there. She's an active, healthy babe. You know, she knows what she wants. Um, maybe you can go on a yeah. run for a date. Yeah, you know, maybe. No, re- there's that's no religious does. or politics um, information here. Uh, she's, I thought
0: best not to. Yeah, she stopped it out much. of that. clogs up the profile. Save it it the does. It does.
2: That's good. Um,
0: yeah. He tells you he voted Liberal. Oh, oh my God. no. I reckon I
2: no <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I reckon, uh, I reckon Kay, she's done pretty well with her profile. Um, yeah, she's got a variety of pictures and lots of information. So Thanks she so won't much. get herself stuck into you know, people... People will will like her for what she posts and stuff, and she won't just have randoms and stuff, which is always good. It's good to put like as much information as you can on your profile. Um, I like information,
1: but I don't like too much blah. Yeah, absolutely. Slabs of text. Like, there's a lot of those men who I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're just like they literally paint you an entire picture of who they are as a person. It's like I really enjoy this and this and I really dislike this, this and this and I'm looking for this, this and this and I'm just wondering yeah. like after this relationship, if this can work and that, 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 that and I'm like, whoa.
2: Yeah, it can be a much. little bit self-centered. It's good mm. to kind of put things that are enabling for other people, um, like, you know, put a few details about yourself, but then also uh, put something that might kind of refer to what do you want to do with somebody else, you mm, know, saying, you know, looking for people that you know, or like, let's catch up over a coffee or, you know, looking for people to do this with or that with or, you know, Grocery shopping Yeah, grocery shopping go. with. It's hard
0: to carry all the bags. Yeah,
2: it is. It's a nice little thing to do. Yeah, it's 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 good to put information but not make it all about yourself and Ooh, sort of... That's a really good um, point.
1: I never really considered, like, offering them something um, as part of, I guess, the exchange that is dating apps these days. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really good point. I might have to clean up my own Tinder bio. Yeah, all yeah, I've d- got is just... Um, I have a radio show about getting your shit together, even though I don't got my shit together. Yeah. And then, obviously, a lot of people are like, oh, no way, you've got a radio show. I'm like, yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> uh, sin, represent. Well, yeah. yeah. Get some extra yeah, listeners. That's, that. how
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's how you do it. That's
1: how you do is that okay? Should I say yeah.
2: something else? Look, it is a little bit on the downside. Oh, so if you're looking for you know is. healthy, positive um, relationships, you might want to... You know, people people might avoid that if they're not about like negative vibes, you know. So, Whoa,
1: dude! Yeah, but I it is it, it
2: is a little bit of humor, which is great, and yeah, humor is great to have on your Tinder bios because other people that like to make jokes and stuff they'll know that. And then I think I'm also attracted to
1: drop kicks and like for the time being in my like hookup stage, I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Maybe in your hookup stage, you don't want someone that's like too intense and like wanting something too committed. So yeah, I don't really
1: want someone who's got it together. Really, nah, it's just intimidating.
2: Yeah, just loose flying objects. Yeah, great. <laughs> exactly. Yep,
1: Yeah. That's the one.
2: Yeah. Any and more pro you, tips? When maybe do we get
0: to interrogate your profile? Oh, Maybe next, maybe next week. Maybe Ooh. next. Like, and Peter, uh, obviously, make yours a little bit more yeah, okay. positive. I'll take the and feedback. spruce on. it
1: up a little. Bring it back next week and I'll tell you how many dates I've got sorted. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Body. Yeah, but great. But then we're doing
0: really wholesome things like hiking.
1: And uh, yeah, hiking. Oh, oh so. shit. Yeah, I'll just take a photo of me drinking a protein shake. Yeah. I do it every
2: photos are a good way to like kind of depict who you are. It's not all about the bios. That's true. It's it's um it's about the photos too. Um but yeah, away from the bios and the actually communicating and like potentially dating people mm. um I guess some little tips on that is Try to keep your online um, messaging to a minimum, but not too much of a minimum. Like, don't talk to someone for three messages and then be like, "All right, come meet me somewhere." Like, but you do you don't want to like let it go for too long where you're not actually meeting up or talking on another, like you know, giving them a call or a text or something. Um, yeah, so keep keeping your online Tinder Tinder messaging to a minimum. But if you keep it to too minimum, you won't. You might not get to know that person enough, and then you might be stuck on a date with them and realizing that they not, you're not having a good conversation with them. Mm. And it's really horrible to be stuck in awkward convos, don't you reckon?
1: Yes, and like the polar opposite is also when you get too deep too quick. And then yeah. you meet up and you're just like, whoa, we just mm. don't gel as people. And I've told yeah. this person so many intimate details and I feel real awkward about it.
0: Because online you can kind of crack through that icebreaker. Yeah. But in person, even if you've revealed, you know, your deepest, darkest secrets in person, you have to go it's through different. that icebreaker phase mm-hmm. really no matter what. Like mm-hmm. you can't just dive into it. Being have been that. Angie, I love your advice. Yeah. Thank you so much. I feel so so much more what about dating. you yet. got
1: validated I did not so. no,
0: as, as in as in I think we could all have that great attitude to dating we're gonna
2: yeah, do like, well yeah well dating's a really fun part of life um and but yeah the the, the the online dating it's it's a it's a new thing it's like we're the first kind of little generations that are that are having this as a uh, that f- for our kind of outlets to, to find dates and stuff. Like, none of our parents met online. I can probably no, assure you that. we're the founding
1: fathers. We're the
2: founding that members, we know yeah. know everything about what there is to know about we're th- it. We're the roots. We're the ones that are supposed to, like, make the constitutions to these things, Literally. You know? yeah.
0: I did see a post about how in however many 50 years, kids would be like, oh, my gosh, she met on Tinder or Bubble? That's so romantic. Because whatever so <laughs> they'll have will probably be worse. <laughs>
1: I know people who've gotten married and they met on Tinder. So that's that's where it's heading, folks. That's oh, boy, yeah. It? yeah, for
2: sure. Well, we, meeting someone online is nothing to be ashamed no. of. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of... It can be safe. Like, you can... You know, you get, to, you get to see somebody. You might even have a link to their social media and then their full name and who you might see that you've got mutuals or that you don't or, you know, you get to... Figure out a lot about them before you actually meet them in person, and that can be a good safety net, I reckon. It can
1: actually be quite transparent. Yeah. And it's just use your wits about you. If you can't really find any dirt on the person, then maybe give it up.
2: Yeah, and you know, like maybe check out their star sign, do a bit of research, see if your stars are aligned, Mm. you know, check it all out, get all the goss.
1: Make sure it's not a full Um, moon when you decide to go on the date. Yeah. Because that's going to mean that some weird stuff's going to happen.
2: Yeah, awesome. So I think we're going to wrap up now and we've got a song coming up which is Vibing Out with O-F-K-J. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, FKJ's track, Vibing Out with O. Um, you are listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation.
2: So now we'll be jumping into our next little segment on sexual rev- resolutions. So I, you've all heard New Year's resolutions, but have you heard about sexual resolutions? So setting new goals new visions, new experiences for our new year of sexual experiences. Um, So, yeah, I guess sexual resolutions are really important. You know, especially if you're a young person and, you know, you're kind of maturing quickly and you're still figuring out what your sexual needs are and perhaps changing your mind or becoming interested in new things, it's good to set little goals for yourself and figure out how you're going to achieve them. Have you got any sexual resolutions this year, Peter? No, like I've never even
1: considered this a thing. So thank you for blowing my mind. So... I guess I should just make them now because I haven't. Yeah. So let's let's do it. There's no time like the present. Give me like an example. What are some of your sexual resolutions this year? And then I'm going to get working on it.
2: Yeah, well, just generally speaking, a sexual resolution um, could be, you know, wanting to explore a new kink or kink in oh, general, uh-huh. wanting to have more partners, even less partners. Um, yeah, maybe wanting to try group si- situations or... You know, you could even just want to find one partner and stick with one partner. Um, yeah, just or just increase the overall quality of the sex that you're having. Um, yeah, or have different kinds of sex. It's, it, the, the the possibilities are endless. And for some people, or it's a, it's a really kind of enjoyable part of life having sex. Um, Huge. So it shouldn't Fun be uh, shouldn't be ignored, and you shouldn't uh, settle for less than you want. Um, so yeah, sexual resolutions, I guess I kind of um, I kind of just decided that I want to have quality sex just in general and also ask for what I want a little bit more. Um, we are kind of heading into a time with more consent culture and it's we, we do hear about the saying yes and saying no thing, but we don't hear as much about asking for what we for what we want and telling mm-hmm. people, what we want to do to them or what we want them to do to us or what we want to do together um so yeah i guess a sexual resolution for myself is just um asking for what i want and not being shy to speak up in the bedroom or wherever i might be getting it on
1: how's it going for you have you started implementing it
2: um look i'm trying my best um yeah, as I said, I am actively dating, so I'm yeah, I'm just trying to be open with people with about what I want and um, talking about it a little, little bit more. It can be really good to talk about sexy stuff um, outside of the bedroom because if you are in the middle of a sexual act, it can involve lots of endorphins, lots of lots of um, sexy energy, and it's a <laughs> bit of pressure. So having a chat about it. Um, somewhere else can take the pressure off of it when it's not in the moment um, yeah, yeah, I totally
1: agree with that like I have kind of been sleeping with this person um, for the last couple of months or so and we just like had a really good chat um, the other day just about you know our sexual experiences with other people and you know things like getting to know where each other have been which, is, which was really really good to do um, because we kind of just were in this you know, that booty call precinct where we didn't really, you know, have long-winded chats, but it was really good to do so. And that that was really fun. So I guess I could add that to the list. It's just being more open about sexual content with people who aren't necessarily just like your best gal pals, you know. Mm,
2: Absolutely, yeah. And
1: I guess for me, talking to hetero or even queer guys um, about that more Especially Because I kind of feel when you grow up, you know, there's that wall between talking about those things with the people that you're interested in versus the people that you're friends with.
2: Absolutely. Which yeah. is,
1: yeah, it's an interesting little social norm there. Um, and I obviously don't think that anyone perceive anyone as a slut um, for doing so anymore. Hopefully not. Yeah. So we go and do that.
2: And yeah I think, I we're definitely moving good. into a better culture around um around sex, and um, we still got a long way to go, especially mm-hmm. in things like um, STD stigma is still a very big thing. Um, so funny
1: that you mentioned that because this particular person was telling me about how he was sleeping with a woman a few years back or maybe a few months back who literally forced him not to wear a condom, um, yeah, which was wow. intense. And he looked back on it in hindsight and was like, "It's it's not – Something that I really enjoyed, you know knowing that she was pretty much pressuring me to get us both in a bit of a risk
2: absolutely not like um you know forcing someone to not use protection is a form of sexual abuse and it's 100%. not okay um, whether you're a man having sex with a woman, a woman having sex with a man or having sex with another man, uh, another woman or a man having you know you've all you both should have um, be able to be able to um make decisions for yourself and if you ever in a if you ever had an experience that you feel like you didn't get um a chance to ask for what you want and you felt like you were sexually abused you can call the national hotline of 1-800-RESPECT or lifeline at 131-114 exactly um coming back to the resolutions.
1: I guess interesting that you talk about you know making aims to sleep with more people um sleep with different people I think that's definitely something that I'd probably want to try out a bit more I think I tend to get quite comfortable when I've got my little f buddies I just kind of stick with them yeah so I think I need to yeah be a bit more spontaneous these days and take a bit of a leaf out of my old single gal life I think after being single for so long I've Kind of, you know, realize that I do enjoy just being with some partners more so than than randoms. But I did really enjoy myself when I was mm, just, absolutely. you know, floating around in that hookup culture a bit more so. So yeah. I'm gonna touch base with that old Peter girl again. Yeah. And <laughs> hmm, what else? I wanna, yeah, I wanna try getting a little bit of kink in my life.
2: Yeah. And when you say kink, what do you mean? Is there oh. any uh, any spe- special tools you wanna take into the bedroom? Yeah. Like
1: probably want to get tied up, I, I reckon. That's one that I think I'd really enjoy. And, yeah, absolutely. And probably a little, a little, bit, of, little bit of BDSM, little bit of a little bit of a spank. A
2: little yeah. bit of a spank, yeah. A little bit
1: of spanky spank.
2: Yeah, I was recently at a festival and we did this kink workshop. And cool. um, when it got to the practical... Practical part, um, a lot of people weren't interested in um, participating, but they were interested in watching. So <laughs> about half of the people kind of sat at the back and watched. It was actually in one of those rooms that's got all the chairs, like a theatre room. Mm. Um, so there was half at the back and then there was half of us that were like, yes, you know, like I want to be spanked. Yeah. So we all kind of paired up um yeah, and I, um, I paired up with this really lovely woman. She was just like, she had this like super tight corset on and it's a like, huge skirt, she had eyeliner. I was just like, I pick you. So, <laughs> we, so I kind of sat there and like got spanked for a little while and everybody that watched it told me afterwards how much they enjoyed watching me. And um, yeah, I guess I kind of, uh, there was a sexual resolution in that in realising that it's okay to be a little bit submissive because I feel like I might have felt unsafe in the past, um, especially when I was still having sex with men. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a really kind of awesome experience to just that is feel so comfortable. so cool. It was very cool. I felt very cool with everyone watching me. Like, yeah. I kind of forgot about them, like, in the middle of it because you kind of... Definitely go to another place. Yeah, you're it, enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I did get invited to a kink party, but on that oh. day I was just running around doing so many things. I was like, I can't like transform into this like Egyptian goddess or whatever the theme was. I don't like, have time. I can't. Like I was at a I was at an art party and I was like covered in paint. I was like, look, this isn't the kinky vibe. At <laughs> least not in this scene. Um, So, yeah, introducing new kinks to your life is really fun. I think Um, even just introducing small
1: things for myself, like I've never owned a vibrator.
2: Yeah, well, that's interesting. I haven't
1: really used tools that I come to think of it because I have, like, this glass wand that friends got me as a joke present, you know, the classic when I was 16. Yeah. And there were so many times where I was just like, I really want to use it but I also just don't really like the idea of having to maybe wash that later and I still live at home, so it's a bit like, I've been putting that off, but I need to get around just
2: like a little small little gadget. Absolutely. Well, if you ever were going to go into a sex shop, um, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating, but you can always talk to the staff member and they'll give you a little tour and talk to you about it. Like, they tend to be quite sex-positive people um, So you should never feel embarrassed. You can also jump on some blogs, have a little look around, um, look at reviews. There's plenty of reviews out there if you're wanting to, um, you know, experiment with some new tools.
1: It's definitely a safe space. And, like, there are so many friends who have given me recommendations on what they use. And, you know, we have such easy dialogue about everything but i've just never put it into practice and i just turn into a little kid when i like go near a sexy land i'm just like ah well what's happening to me like
2: yeah there's there's definitely a lot of options and it's kind of overwhelming but if you do a little research you'll find out that there's there's kind of like a few things that people find really popular and good um but yeah, like with any kind of sexual resolution, it's the same as any goal. You want to kind of make it specific and, and measurable. Like you want to know when you're achieving that goal. Um, yeah, and also just um, practical and sort of realistic uh, with yourself. Um, like it wouldn't be realistic if I told myself, okay, tomorrow I want to have like ten girlfriends and I want them all <laughs> to be sleeping with me and all to be doing this, you know. And I want one of them to be, you know, like throwing lentils across the room or the bedroom, and then the other one to be like shoving a ginger at my bum. Like it, you can't. It's That's not idea. realistic. Um, but yeah, like taking little steps for yourself so you can have more fun. And Do you write so.
1: your res- your sex resolutions down?
2: Um. Not necessarily, not like a listy kind of theme, but I do do a little bit of poetry and I reckon it sort of spills out in there, like just a little bit. It's a bit sexy um yeah i recently did like this five day um erotic poetry challenge thing and that was kind of fun i wrote sexy poems every morning and i guess that that helped me realize what i wanted Um, yeah so like noticing themes in the way that you're feeling about things when you think about things um about sex is good to note and um yeah make it make it realistic
1: I'm feeling super informed and motivated to make my sexual resolutions real
2: yeah absolutely yeah it's great it's definitely something we should all kind of do if we want to Want to have a have a nice time in the bedroom.
1: Yeah. And if you want any more advice on how to maybe makeshift your own sexual resolutions, you can ask us um, at The Naughty Rude Show on Twitter, or you can even get on the socials on Facebook. It's The Naughty Rude Show. And if you want to slip in an anonymous question, you can do so at our Tumblr, which is thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash asks. Ask, we are going to be chatting a little bit about long distance friendships, which is an interesting topic, I guess, in comparison to long distance relationships. In a wee bit, but for now, we're going to play a couple of tracks. You are tuned into Sin Nation, and it's a Naughty Rude Show. And that was run by San Francisco. You are tuned into the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation with Angie and Peter. We're about to wrap up the show, but we have got a last little segment for you. So we want to chat the difference between long-distance friendships versus long-distance relationships. So it's a bit of an interesting one. If you guys want to weigh in, if you have any experiences on your own, please do hit us up on the Tumblr, showcom No, it's not. the com forward slash ask. I have an interesting situation. Um, I have a really close friend that I made when I was on exchange. So she's from the UK, and we pretty much were inseparable the entire time we were both away and would talk every day. We'd probably, like, you know, sleep over at each other's dorms most nights of the week and promised each other that we would contact one another every single day without a doubt. And obviously, that hasn't happened, and it's a really, really tough thing. Like you feel really, really guilty but life has gotten in the way for both of us and she went Mm -hmm. through a really messy breakup and, um, you know, got a new job and likewise with me, I was finishing up uni and it got really busy but it's a really – it's a shitty feeling when you know that you didn't really keep to that pact and I guess you don't have that same pressure like you would with an actual romantic relationship to communicate with that person like all the time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like when you have a partner, you – kind of if you want to stop talking to them you kind of got to let them know that you're going to stop talking Mm. to them which with friendships it can kind of just fade away a little bit um you feel you might feel a little bit less responsibility to keep them in the loop i think what's Um, interesting
1: as well is that you know most of the time with relationships being long distance um you know you can assume that a lot of those are monogamous relationships so then you only have that one person to really check in with whereas with friends Obviously, there's they're kind of around you all the time. So you know, even though it's not that particular person that you're with, you kind of feel like you've got that communication happening. So you don't consciously think, "Oh, I better check in with friend from the UK because we haven't spoken in a while," but. I guess a way like I I need to try and figure out a way of making it part of my routine because I do care about her and miss her so much and you know when we slip into each other's dms we always talk about how much we hate each other for not talking um and getting busy and all caught up but what do you think would be the best way to really navigate it and get back into it
2: oh I guess if it's a long distance friendship it is kind of it is a bit difficult. Um, you've got and you've probably got different routines and different things going on. And some people, they don't like to use the internet that much for mm. like like proper communication and proper conversations. Um, so that can make lo- long distance friendships a little bit harder. Um, but I think you can um, go back to the good old days and be pen pals. So sending each other oh. letters. I think that'd be a nice little, little tip. Um, allocate a time of the month or something where you send a letter, or maybe it might be every two months, whatever you can afford and access. Um, yeah, like that's what I think. And then you won't you won't really know when it might get to them, um, and then when it does, like you you might receive yeah. something nice in return or through email or um online you might get a nice message would be a nice little surprise yeah i guess because
1: it's not really orchestrated but you're still trying for that communication yeah that's what makes it really thoughtful you know she like sent me flowers for my birthday which was so heartwarming and beautiful um And I just, like, feel bad when I don't, you know, think of those things. So I think this would be a really thoughtful idea. Should I, like, spray it with perfume like they do in Greece? Yeah,
2: maybe. I'm going to do that. Yeah, totally. Real real cute. Put some little nice little sensory gifts in there, like a little smell or a picture. Um, Yeah, that'd be kind of cute. You could also put, like, some little tokenistic thing um you know let them know what you've been up to mm. and stuff and like maybe put a little i don't know museum ticket or something in there for some random reason yeah why not yeah it'd be cute that is
1: really cute i'm gonna do that you should do that and i'm gonna check back in next week and i'm gonna tell you about my letter
2: yeah do so and in in the instance of long distance relationships for romantic relationships do you have any ideas of how those could um you know stay aligned with Between the distance?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, your girl's never really had a long-term relationship. Yeah. Hard to weigh in on on the long-distance component. But I would say that, you know, communication in that is probably more so important than really constant communication of friendship. So... Trying your best to be thoughtful. Um, if if you can't make that communication always happen, mm. you know you could even try doing little odd presents overseas or little care packages. Or I know when I was overseas, seeing some people receive like little care packages from their family and boyfriends and girlfriends was really really cute and uplifting for them. You know if they got sent a T shirt that they you know wore for like a week or something Mm. maybe not a week that's gross and then (laughs) they could like I don't know smell that person kind of like they're dead but you know they're not they're just far away Um, things like that would probably be really cute
2: I've never had a long distance relationship really Well, the closest thing I've had to a long distance relationship was once when I was like Probably about nine years old. I was at this like roller skating rink and I asked out this random boy and he said yes. Well, no, I, I told someone to ask him out for me Huge. and they told them yes and told him back to me and then we never saw each other again. So that was my long, long, distance, long distance relationship sure, yeah. and we didn't have any contact. Cause Permanently
1: I, long distance. Yeah. yeah
2: you know, you're still out there, you know, love you, babe. Happy, uh, You've got a however many though. years anniversary. Sorry, I didn't, sorry, yeah. I didn't call.
1: Massive. Like actually probably a record i would say yeah i reckon <laughs> that's huge guys wrapping it up we're almost out of here we're gonna come back in and have some words with you before we finish up the show um if you do want to just check in with us and give us some content ideas for next week please do so through the tumblr so it's just the naughty root show.tumblr.com forward slash ask we're gonna go to a track now by joy you're listening to sin nation this is naughty Ridge show and the song is about us you're listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation and we're wrapped up for another episode and you've just joined Angie and myself, Peter. This is our first week in the studio with Naughty Rude. We're going to be around for a couple more weeks. If you do need to catch up on the show from tonight, you can do so through the podcast. That's available on Omni, iTunes and at sin.org.au or even your just favourite app store where you get all your good podcasts from. You can definitely ask us anything for next week, Naughty Rude related and that's just at the Naughty Rude NaughtyRudeShow.com.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Even hit us up at Twitter, just at Naughty Rude. And our Facebook as well if you just search for The Naughty Rude Show so you can get updated for all the weeks in advance. Till then, good night and happy boning. <laughs> Signing
0: out. You can listen to The Naughty Rude Show live 8 to 10pm every Sunday on Sin Nation.
2: so so, so scandalous.